Uh, still a long way away, but doesn't mean that polling is not happening. Uh, right now, we're joined by the Terrence Group Vice President, Brian Neenaber. Uh Brian, thanks for taking time with us this morning. How are you guys doing? Oh, good. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on. So uh, I take it your your group is a, a group that, that um, is commissioned to do all kinds of polling. Absolutely. We're a um, national polling firm uh, based out in Alexandria, Virginia. And uh, our real focus is um, um, Republican candidates and sort of uh, those type of causes. But we certainly do do a lot of uh, kind of issue-based polling and other things for uh, candidates and allies. Uh, and I think uh, certainly one of the polls we're going to have a good time to talk about today. Yeah, uh, and the the polling data, I was just pouring through it, uh, looking at all the different types of questions and whatnot. Uh, and it really ran the gamut about uh, parents and how uh, state policy or local school policy uh, may be impacting parents and uh, their children. Uh, so let's, uh, I guess, just jump right into it here. Um, uh, how did this poll come about? How many people were, were polled? And uh, give us a little bit of demographic information here sure we were um we were commissioned by the uh, one nation under god foundation which is a um you know kind of pro parental rights uh pro uh, religious freedom organization and we were in actually just uh, just a few days ago we were we pulled uh, march 7th through 10th and then we talked to 600 uh, registered voters across the state so we do a little bit of a screener to make sure that there's somebody who's eligible to vote in the election and then uh we use um, some some thoughtful sampling techniques to make sure we kind of talk to uh, an appropriate number of voters across the entire state of Illinois to get a um, representative look at how voters think about these issues. Yeah, I'm seeing that uh, you know a lot of the uh, the chunk of this seem to be between the age of uh, 35 and 70 years old uh, for people who you polled. Uh, how do you get? And I don't want to necessarily you know delve into any trade secrets, so to speak, but. How do pollsters determine who who best to call? Uh, is it uh, you know kind of throwing darts at a map? Is it uh, you know uh, getting lists from Democrat and Republicans, or uh, how do you how do you ensure that it's a true gauge of uh, you know the electorate out there? Oh, sure, great question. And I would say you know I, I've been to Tanner's Group since two thousand one, and you know the level of technology growth that we have that we now have um, uh, vendors and other uh, kind of allies. That can do things like get us a list of, of you know, Illinois voters. Um, we have great call centers that can kind of make sure we target calls to uh, the appropriate regions when we get to the, you know, near the end of the survey when we really need voters from downstate or we really need them from a particular area of the state. Uh, but the, the technology part of being able to get, uh, you know, a list of voters that you know are um, likely to be Illinois registered voters and be able to kind of load that in and, and use that to make your phone calls. Uh, along with being able to kind of monitor in real time how those calls are going and making sure you're getting the right you know mix of men and women and age and um, geographic uh, geographic regions and gender, it's a uh, uh, you know it, it's the growth in that has been outstanding and it really does. Um, it's great to kind of look at each you know, we can look in, in after each night and even look in real time to make sure that we get that mix. That kind of best represents the Illinois electorate. We're talking with Brian Neenaber. He is the vice president for the Terrence Group here on the WMAY morning news feed. All right, so let's get into some of these questions. Of course, uh, some of them are controversial issues, uh, but those are uh, always interesting to see, uh, you know, exactly how people fall on these. Uh, so let's, I guess, ta- start with schools. Uh, K through 12, of course, after the pandemic, we've seen quite a bit of different policy shifts in Illinois, across the country as well. Uh, but in Illinois, we had, uh, you know, an abrupt end for 
for um, uh, in-person education last spring, uh, and then it was up to school boards uh, as to whether they would uh, bring students back for in-person or hybrid or only remote. Uh, what are some of the things that uh, the Terrence Group found in their poll when it comes to parents uh, and their take on what should happen with the schools? I would say this was probably one of the most interesting ones in that you sort of find uh, sometimes you do, and this is one, you, you know, I think if you're an elected official that you maybe wring your hands a little bit about, or we ask people two kind of ways about this is, you know, are the public schools in your area open every day for in-person learning? And then even though no matter what you think, do you think they should be open? And so what we found was only about 41% of the voters say, yes, the public schools in my area are open for in-person learning every day. Uh, and I'm, I'm, and that's, you know, my observation. But then on the next question we ask, you know, do you think they ought to be open or they should be open? We end up with 61% of voters saying, yes, I think they should be open. So there's a real kind of disconnect between what voters are observing and what they think is appropriate for having uh, kids for in-person learning. And I, I can certainly tell you in dealing with, you know, past candidates and past campaigns, particularly something as, as kind of emotional and, and, and often important to voters as, you know, their child's K-12 education experience. Um, kind of having that dichotomy where a lot of voters aren't seeing the thing that they think they ought to be have happening um, can be a, a, a tricky place to be if you're a politician running for re-election, you're a politician facing the voters. Um, but we do have a lot of voters that just think schools ought to be open and aren't seeing it. 744 now in the capital city here on the WMAY morning news feed talking with vice president of the Terrence Group, Brian Neenaber, and uh, looking at a poll that the Terrence Group uh, recently did of 600 Illinois voters. Uh, a couple other uh, issues uh, that are controversial when it comes to K-12, through uh, public school restrooms. Uh, what kind of questions did you ask about that and what was the outcome? Oh, sure. So we asked, um, we asked kind of a series where we asked three questions about particular things. And one was um, to asking, you know, do you think that schools ought to be continued to requiring public schools to continue to provide uh, private bathrooms for boys and girls? And what we found was 86% of the voters said, yes, I think I do favor continuing to have uh, bathrooms that are segregated uh, by gender. And I would say even, you know, this was one where, where, where you certainly have seen a national level of debate about this. But one of the, I think, real surprising takeaways I had this was we've segmented out voters um, both by ideology and by their political um, political identification, and even 75% of voters who self-identify as a liberal Democrat say they require you know they say they support requiring public schools to continue to provide private schools by gender. There was also a question about sex education. Uh, break that down for us. Sure, and we we asked um, then again, um, you know, what do you think about teaching comprehensive sex education to children beginning in kindergarten? which includes the teaching of gender identity, gender expression, and sexual orientation. So we asked a very um, specific question about, you know, things that are going on policy-wise. And we, uh, you know, ended up with 62% of the voters say that I'm opposed to that, um, you know, that type of sexual education. And including, you know, we, we asked people to self-identify if you were a parent in the uh, demographic section of the survey, and even 65% of parents uh, said they opposed the sex education that was so focused on gender identity, gender expression, sexual orientation. So, you know, the, the, the group that would seem to be most um, uh, engaged in this process, they're actually having their children go through the process. We end up having 65% of these parents be opposed to that type of um, real gender, sex orientation-focused uh, sex education. 
uh, on this issue um, of, of uh, sex education and reproductive rights and issues like that, another controversial question that you asked uh, was about the parental notification law uh, here in Illinois. Uh, and there's an effort underway right now uh, to to essentially repeal that. Uh, but you guys asked the uh, the electorate, uh, 600 voters here in Illinois, uh, what, what was the takeaway? Sure. And this was, I thought, a very interesting question. We've done a lot of things on abortion, and, and certainly on this we did that. So you think to yourself, pro-life or pro-choice, um, we end up with a majority of the voters, 55% say, I think I'm pro-choice. 37% say they're pro-life. What we've often found, um, particularly when we talk to voters in, in, a, in more depth about this, is there's often a continuum of, you know, certainly every pro-lifer is not, um, you know, joining this a sidewalk with a sign outside of uh, abortion clinics. And every pro-choicer doesn't sort of believe in in, in absolute, you know, uh, you know, abortion on demand all the time, no matter what. And this parental notification law, I thought, was a real indication of that. So we asked just specifically, you know, if a minor under 18 is seeking an abortion, do you think the law should require her parent or guardian to be notified before the procedure? So even though we had a majority of the electorate say, yes, I'm pro-choice, uh, we have 72 percent of voters say, Yes, I'm, I'm in favor of this parental notification law, including 56% who said I'm strongly in favor of it. And even groups that you would expect to be sort of traditional allies for this type of, um, you know, greater access to abortion, liberal Democrats, 52% are opposed. People who even self-identified as pro-choice, um, 58% say they support this uh, parental notification law. So, you know, both liberal Democrats and pro-choice voters in majority saying I support um, having this parental notification law. And really, even when you broke down, we, I did some segmenting electorate, and, and 32% of the electorate both says, I'm pro-choice and I'm supportive of this parental notification law. So this was certainly a case where you saw voters who may say, hey, I think, you, you know, in the end, there ought to be some level of abortions permitted, but this, this, you know, allowing a minor to get it without notifying a parent is just a step too far for me. Uh, and, and that was you know, where, you know, where almost a third of the electorate is, um, where they're both pro-choice, but still think that there ought to be some level of pro-notification if a minor seeking an abortion. We're talking with Brian Knee Neighbor. He is the vice president of the Terrence Group. A 600 uh, response poll they conducted uh, recently in a variety of different questions here. Uh, and before we talk a little bit more about the demographics of, of who you talk to, uh, another question that we've been we've been tracking here is this uh, tax credit scholarship program. Uh, the governor's looking to possibly uh, draw that down uh, and and not have it be as large of a program moving forward uh, in a way to try to capture uh, more. Tax dollars, uh, but this is a program that's helped out a whole bunch of families across the state. Uh, what did you guys ask about this, and what was the what was the result? So this is what we asked. We specifically asked, you know, would you favor, do you favor or oppose the Illinois Tax Credit Scholarship Program that provides scholarships to allow children from low and middle income families to attend the school of their choice? And this is what we found: seventy eight percent of the voters were in favor. Uh, you know, we found even, you know, 85 percent of voters who were, uh, you know, liberal minorities or liberal liberals who identified as a minority group, either African-American or Hispanic, um, supported this. And this was certainly one where we've seen in other states that, you know, with the pandemic and, and, and the challenges facing education and, and parents have had to, you know, look at things like um, homeschooling or, or hybrid schooling or pods or things like that. The support for these type of, of choice programs has really gone up. Now, tax credit scholarships tend to be awfully popular, 
otherwise, because it really does, I think, provide people identify the importance of education and people identify that there are people, you know, too many killed children, especially in these low and middle income groups that get shut out of potential choices and have strong support. But to see, you know, more than three out of four, the voters, 78 percent, say they favor this program, I think really speaks to, you know, both its popularity and, and, and I think a renewed understanding from voters that sometimes, you know, you need to have additional options on the table. We have years like this year where it's just, uh, it, you know, it's challenging for public schools to kind of operate and that, you know, it's, it's be life changing for so many of these, you know, low and middle income kids to have options that provide them the opportunity to do other things um, and, and pursue other educational opportunities. Brian Nee Neighbor, Vice President of the Terrence Group, finally here. Um, if you could, uh, I guess, just kind of lay out for us uh, what was the political makeup of uh, of the respondents here? Was it a good swath? Uh, was it primarily uh, left leaning, right leaning, uh, libertarian leaning? Uh, what kind of uh, reactions did you guys get there? It was great. It was sort of it, it warmed my heart because we had done um, we've done other political work in Illinois, and so you know I, I kind of knew where. We need to fall in terms of how many Democrats, how many Republicans, how many independents in the sample. And sometimes you, you, you do get and you have to, okay, you have to make, um, you know, an adjustment here or there or two things. On this one, you know, I think we really did have sort of a, a, an electorate that was reflected of um, of the Illinois electorate. So it was a little more Democratic, certainly, um, you know, a, a, a little more white, a little more leaning Chicago. But, you know, that's kind of the picture of the Illinois electorate is, at this point right now. Um, but it was great to have. You know, with 600 voters, even when you do have this, this uh, elect, you know, the sample that does sort of reflect how the electorate looks, we're still able to to pull out some things that were really interesting that we had a great chance to talk about with parents. Um, you know, we certainly were able to look at voters who went to church every week and um, and, and other things. But this was certainly a sample I think uh, well represented kind of the, the political makeup of the Illinois electorate. Brian Nee Neighbor with the Terrence Group, greatly appreciate you breaking all that data down for us here on the WNAY Morning News Feed. Well, thank you. I really appreciate being on. Uh, thank you very much.